Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Go ahead, continue yelling at me, Carolyn. Wow. You are going to continue this... What is this? What is this? Listen, you're lashing out again. That's two weeks in a row. I'd like to just let everyone know that Carolyn and I are actually very good friends. Despite how she treats me, I I keep showing up. So, I want to (laughs) say... Okay. Welcome back, Criminal Mischief. Uh, Do we call them Nation? I liked... We used to call them Nation. Um, Uh, You know what? Nation actually grew on me. At first, I was like, Nation. But now I feel like... We are a nation. Look, it's a not nation. my idea. You know, it's it's everybody uses it to describe their their legion of, of supporters and people of like minded interests. You know, so. Uh, okay, well, you used nation out of all yeah. the words. You being the wordsmith, you said. Yeah, criminal mischief nation. Yes. Welcome back to another bonus episode. Uh, my name's Brandon. I'm the producer and co-host. I'm supposed to say that at Carolyn's urging. Co-host of the show, along with. The wonderful and talented Carolyn Osorio, who, again, we're lucky enough to have join us. Carolyn, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving? How was your week? What was your you know, kids' time off of school like? Like, talk to me. You know, it was great. I feel like I had a reset for mm. Thanksgiving because the last Thanksgiving, we had a lot of people over. And it was like coming off the heels of COVID and pandemic and it was like the, the knives weren't sharp and the like it just everything kind of like <laughs> I was cutting the turkey and I was literally a bead of sweat was like, you know, it, that's kind of what it was like. Right. So this year it was just the family. And then my um, my oldest daughters, their boyfriends joined and um it was really great. I mean, I cooked with with my my older daughter, my oldest daughter's boyfriend, and who I'm, you know, we're really close with, and uh, it was awesome. It was just really pleasant. The turkey turned out absolutely perfect, and it just was a real wonderful, low key, low stress situation, and uh, it was great. So good, glad to hear. Yeah, Terrific. yeah. How about you? Uh, it's a fucking nightmare. I don't want to talk about it. So moving on. All right. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, um, <laughs> let me just lord it over you. I had just peace and like chickadees were like landing on my shoulders and it was all good. Yeah. This was yeah. a maelstrom, a maelstrom of emotional hand grenades being thrown into the room at my uh, Thanksgiving extravaganza. It wasn't even at you my know, house. We did see um, The Leftovers, that movie with um, Paul Giamatti. Oh, how was it? It was really good. It was really great. It's like, it'll be a classic holiday movie. Oh, that's cool. You know? But it was, um, it was like, took place in the 70s. So it really like had that 70s vibe, like chords and just that whole thing. Cigarettes and um, it was really good. It was a really good movie. So, you know, it was a great I See, that was the one good, uh, that was a highlight. My wife and I watched a bunch of movies because, um, uh, I'm a member of the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. And so we get all of the screeners ahead of the voting season, right? They want to make sure everyone watches all the movies, right? So we got we got the movie Air, about the Michael Jordan sneaker movie directed by Ben Affleck with Matt Damon. But, but you'd already seen that. Watch it Would again because it's amazing. 
watched it again because it's amazing. Okay, we yeah. got Ferrari, the new Michael Mann movie that's not out yet about mm, okay, okay. Enzo Ferrari, which was fucking great, and Napoleon. Uh, you know what? I saw I saw the trailer for that, and at first, when I when I just seen like images of it, I wasn't interested. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this looks like it's going to be so good." But it also looked like it, it was it could go either way. So how was it? Uh, it was it was great. It was it was great and very weird, very very weird. It, so between Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix, it's like they they made a very specific choice on how they were going to historically portray Napoleon the man. Okay, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and not at all what you're expecting. Not mm -hmm. at, I mean for me not a, because he's arguably one of the five or ten most influential humans to ever walk the earth. Okay, Napoleon Bonaparte for what he did in Europe. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, I mean, obviously they, they went the several deep dives into his strategic, you know, battlefield genius, but it was how they handled him outside of his duties as emperor, or, you know, whatever he called himself, dictator, emperor, um, king. That was strange, like his personal relationships and stuff. They, he was a very strange dude. At least that's how they portrayed him. So, uh, well, really interesting. Excuse so are me. You eight? So are you saying like an eight or a seven? I would give it an eight, a strong eight. You know, it's one of Ridley Scott's better movies in the last, you know, 10 years, I think. Um, okay. Epic in scale. The battle scenes were, were crazy. Uh, performances were great. Were gr Joaquin yeah, Phoenix was great, right. but what else is new? You know, he's, he's such a talent. Um, so yeah, we loved it. We loved it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. I liked Ferrari a little bit better. My wife liked Napoleon a little bit better. But see, I knew a lot about Napoleon's, you know, his battlefield stuff going in because I'm a history nerd. Um, and my wife knows everything there is to know about Italian men just because of who she is. Right? So, so yeah, she knew more about Ferrari. So I learned much more about, because I knew very, very little about Ferrari going into mm -hmm. the movie. So mm -hmm. I was great. I, well, I see, really Ferrari is is not like a racing story in terms of like it's uh, only a racing story. But it's about the the Ferrari is it like a biopic or something or is it, it is, it's about it, it is. It is. But listen and again you're in the hands of a master with Michael Mann. Like two of the greatest doing it right now. Ridley Scott and Michael Mann we're talking about, okay? Ever. Mm -hmm. Two of the best ever. And mm -hmm. so you never forget that you're watching a movie that is a only about racing, no matter what. And that's what they want you to know. They, they, they shove it down your throat that Enzo Ferrari is a fucking car racer, period. Everything else is secondary. Okay. And, and it's and an and Italian man. And it's right. And, and a sexy Italian man. Right. And right. it's it, you and left it's, out the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. My wife doesn't let me forget it. But it's it's a quiet film. It's weird. It's not like boom, 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 and all these quick cuts. That happens mm -hmm. every now and then in the races. But the rest of it's super quiet. But you still never forget that you're watching a movie about car racing. Even when it's not about car racing, it's about car racing. And it, very, very well done. And the car shots. It's just car porn with these old Ferraris. Oh, my gosh. Just beautiful. And the, the camera mm -hmm. work. Like, oh, they put you like in. Oh, so great. So, yeah, I recommend both of them. Definitely. All right. All right. All right. Great. Right. I still think Michael Mann peaked with heat, you know, um, maybe collateral. 
was a li- maybe a half a step above you. But anyway, still great movies. So anyway, um, yeah, great. All right, let's let's talk about mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose. Yes. Now I just wanted for our audience. I'm aware that gypsy is a derogatory term for the Romani people. I'm aware of that. I am a 16th Romani. My great, great grandfather on my dad's side was an itinerant kind of weirdo named Mitro Takanich who walked across Europe to get on the boat to come over to Ellis Island. Okay. Um, so that's part of my part of my blood. I'm a little, I'm, I, and I call myself a little bit gypsy. Great, but I'm not supposed to because that's a derogatory. And a little bit rock and roll. So we know that about the terminology oh, nowadays, but it's still this girl's name. Yep. Okay. So that's we're going to be saying gypsy a lot in this. So um, yes. okay. So well, we talked Rose. about that in that one episode. We talked about that in the the one episode about gypsy Romani. And the yeah. important distinction between the two, but I mean that's her name. So that's her Gypsy name, Rose. exactly, exactly. That's her name. So <laughs> I gotta tell you, it was. <laughs> I told you earlier, and you made me stop and say, "Wait, wait for when we were recording the show," because uh, it got more and more uh, outrageous. Right. It, re- it it was almost listening to it was like listening to a, a, a bad fiction novel. Okay. When that's someone with these plot points that were coming up. Right. And and the way that you presented it, like here she is with her shaved head and she's sickly and she's in a wheelchair and she's going to meet a guy that she met online. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, Oh, she's getting catfished by some fucking idiot who's going to try and rob her or whatever. Okay. And then there's this whole plan in place right? They're trying to trick her mom. And then when I hear she stands up in the bathroom and walks over to him and they have sex on the dirty floor of a movie theater bathroom, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. Um, So that was crazy. And then, and then the next thing that made me go, all right, there's no way that this is possibly real, that this kid has a self-diagnosed multiple personality disorder. And one of his personalities is a 500 year old, 500 year old vampire named Victor who sometimes comes out and he's the bad guy. Okay. I know. It, I had a real hard time with this one because as I've said before, it's like the betrayal of the parent to the child. Like yeah, these we're, are- we're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, when I uh, decided to approach this, I was like, how can I approach it in, in a way that's like not so devastatingly sad and awful that you just can't even- you can't even listen, you know, because when we get to that mom part, it's like, I need a container for this, you know? Um, And I think that Jordan, the woman that I spoke to did a really great job of like explaining and describing. And I think that that made me feel like I wasn't just exploiting this story because it is so crazy and horrible. And, and the thing too, is that, you know, Gypsy, when you look at her, she looks like such a tiny little girl. And she really wasn't. I mean, she was small, but she was twenty three years old. She but sounds. She her, sounds diminutive as well. Her little squeaky voice. Yes, but I yeah. mean, it was all that training and all of that. And she is a, a totally sexual being. Like she wanted to have a romantic relationship. She wanted, you know, she had, you know. And so I felt like 
kind of conflicted by that because on the one hand, it felt like this is not who this little girl is, but she's not a little girl. Okay. She is like a complete adult woman who has been chained to this Pepto-Bismol pink house, like a prisoner of war. And her mom has done this to her, you know? So I, I kind of felt like I was straddling both of those worlds. And um, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to offend someone, but I wanted to give an authentic portrayal of what the situation was, you know? Well, it was an interesting framing device, you know, the, a love story. Okay. I think that was interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. way to reveal kind of her kind of subterfuge and, and the reveal. Okay. And yeah. I'm sure the guy knew, right? The guy, she, I mean, she told the guy all, everything going on. My mom's keeping me sick. I can actually walk. I, I don't have leukemia. She shaves my head, like all that kind of stuff, you know? And well, let me and see. Imagine what that must have been like for her. She's looking for her Prince Charming. You know, yeah. that's like she had been trapped with his mother and she's watching all these Disney movies. And it's such a, like, it's, it's like, that's the thing about Disney that's really hard is that it's, it gives this false narrative to girls and I guess boys too, where it's like, this is, these are our roles. And so she was waiting for her Prince Charming to save her. I mean, that's how I, you know, my pop psychology. Right. Um, and it happened to be a vampire named Victor. I know. Charming. But when, when yeah. I, when I read that in like the, some transcript, I was like, are you kidding me? And instantly I started thinking of uh, this girl was watching Twi- Twilight. I know sure. it. And like, and she so was, was the guy. So was he. I, I don't know. But I'm sure she he probably was heard that and was like, oh my gosh, he's going to come save me. And and I'm not trying to make fun of her at all. I'm just saying like there's, I she had to have gone there, right? Did you, early 90s movie, uh, Julia Roberts, Sleeping with the Enemy. Did you ever see Sleeping with the Enemy? Yeah, yeah where her okay. husband was like a domestic abuser. Yeah, and she, you know, what what'd she do? She She kept quiet, right? She stayed alive. She squirreled away two or three dollars every time, every chance that she could. She took swimming lessons because he had them living on an island because he knew that she was afraid of water, right? And mm-hmm. when she had her chance, she fucking bounced, you know. And she swam <laughs> to the mainland with like thirty dollars and ones in her pocket, right? And yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and, this actually reminded me the of misery, like Stephen oh god, King. of course, like, absolutely. I mean, that's totally I'm your biggest that fan. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Oogie Woogie. I mean, I'm never. I mean, Kathy yeah. Bates did such a great job at like making you absolutely hate this woman. If, and as horrible as the hobbling scene was in the movie, if you read those few pages in the book, you'll throw. I have. I know yeah. it's not. It's my favorite Stephen King oh. book because it's oh. so awful but so terrifying and good. You know, wow. because if you think about it, like nothing, like there's no actual like it's her personality she is the evil one she is the monster she is but i mean it's not like some supernatural like crazy stuff happening you know right it's all her the thing with annie wilkes though it's where i'm trying to figure out the comparison between her and gypsy's mom so annie wilkes was obviously had a psychotic break okay yeah she was all right she was and so to that point I, you haven't really explained it yet, but I think Munchausen by proxy is a psycho, a psychotic disorder of some obvious. I mean, there's got to be. It's not a normal thing to to keep your daughter no. sick, right? So there's something obviously wrong with both of them. Um, but Annie Wilkes, the way that King created that character was, she felt that she was doing something 
for everybody by getting another one of these misery novels out there, a gift, right? She thought she, she was like, call, it was a calling. She was driven to deliver this great gift and not allow this genius man to retire this character or the books. So, but with Gypsy's mother, um, still not really sure what the motivation was beyond attention. Is someone that, is that desperate for attention and for like pity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's in this in this way, like the uh, you were bringing me back to the Annie Wilkes story. And and like, I think that that was her narrative. You know, that was Mm -hmm. the that she was doing this greater good when really she was his number one fan. And she was lonely. And she wanted she wanted to care for him. You know, and and I think that it's like, it's just so twisted, like the the rest of us you know, we can't really understand that. And I think that Munchausen by proxy, it's like, I think I was having a really hard time understanding that because, you know, isn't it our worst nightmares to have people pitying us? Like, I mean, that's, that's one of my worst nightmares, you know, to have someone pity you is like, there's, there's not, there's, it's awful. And, And yet she loved that. She loved that, you know? What? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Less like if you if you dilute that kind of Munchausen by proxy and just and just get to a point because I'm just thinking of two Halloweens ago with my oldest daughter. Okay, uh, out trick or treating with all of her friends. Something happened where three girls kind of like teamed up and went to one house and whatever. And she bottom line was that she felt uh, left out for about mm-hmm. thirty seconds. Okay. And, and, and just broke down crying. Okay. Middle of the street, Halloween. And, and it seemed for a second, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. My wife yelled at me, but you know, when she realized that the, the mistake was made and that she wasn't left out on purpose, she kept it going and got very dramatic and she's 11. So whatever that shit happens, but it almost seemed like she enjoyed the 15 of her friends around her saying, it's okay. We love you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Right. Where she knows that she knows it. Okay. And like, Oh, okay. Whew. I got a little, I, I overreacted. I thought you guys were leaving me and everything's cool, but kept it going for like five, six minutes, the tears and all of the friends supporting her and saying, we love you. It's okay. It's okay. We love you. Right. And I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, you know what the fuck's going on? I mean, she's just, what do I want? Since when does she need all this attention? My wife's like, shut up, you asshole. <laughs> just go support your daughter. I'm like, I do. Of course I do. But it just, for me, just looking at it as a psychological kind of phenomenon, right? Um, am I wrong? Are, are, are young girls like that? You were a young girl once, right? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know the holidays can be stressful. Maybe those family gatherings can get a little crunchy. Then you add those pressures at work to the mix. And you know, New Year's resolutions are just around the corner. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel down in the dumps, even when you have moments of pure joy. I mean, isn't that the human condition? We can always count on the ups and downs of life, which is why therapy can be such a bright spot in your life. Something to look forward to, because it's not only proactive, but practical. Because you're learning how to successfully manage everything going on in your life. I personally find that talking to someone really helps, because life ain't perfect, and neither am I. But that's not the point, to be perfect. The point is to be the best version of yourself and therapy can help you get there. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, 
Give BetterHelp a try. They make it easy because you don't have to go anywhere. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient and flexible. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com mischief, that's M-I-S-C-H-I-E-F, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mischief. I'm going to let you in on something. I cannot swallow vitamins anymore. Seriously, I think it's residual trauma from five years of taking prenatal vitamins, those huge horse pills. So if I can get out of a vitamin, I'm going to do it, which is why I am absolutely loving everything about Dose. Basically, Dose for Your Liver is a liquid version of an organic herbal dietary supplement with ingredients like turmeric, dandelion, ginger, all of which help support a healthy liver. And if you're wondering why just focus on the liver, well, it's pretty important. It aids in filtration, digestion, metabolism, and gets rid of unwanted elements. No judgment. And what's cool about Dose is when you order it, you get this 16-ounce bottle, which is delivered right to your door, and it comes complete with this cute little 2-ounce metal shot glass. You just pour the Dose, knock it back, and bam, you've done something really good for your liver in like two seconds, and it tastes delicious. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Criminal Mischief listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash mischief and use code mischief. That's dosedaily.co slash mischief and use code mischief. No, I think that like I was watching a, a comedy reel the other day and it was really funny because it was talking about the juxtaposition about when a guy is out with his or he, he started with he was out with a girl and and then she drank too much and she was and started getting sick and then her girlfriends and they were dancing and they all like ran to the the bathroom with her and one of them was like holding her hair and the other one was like standing guard of like you guys can't come in and it was like really this like and and they were and he said that they walked her out to the car like with the James Brown like like kind of like you know with the coat over her and it was just this whole thing about like how you know women take care of their girls right and then and then he's like you know did the reverse like with a guy you know if he drinks too much and his friends are gonna he's a point of like comedy for them like if he's throwing up outside they're laughing at him like kicking him and pushing him and like you know and and I think that there's <laughs> what. Uh, that's how we do it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is a gender thing. I'm just saying that I think that when you have a situation where you think the worst case scenario has happened with your friends at such a young age and you're like feeling devastated and then to have them come and rush to you and just be like, oh my gosh, we love you. We want to, of course we would never do that. It's just validating and you want it to, you want it to, you know, keep happening. So um, I, I think that, I don't know how we got on this topic, but I think that that's well. It's about the need I think for attention. Wife was right to say support your daughter. When I was in third grade, a buddy of mine um, fell off his bike and broke his wrist. Okay, mm-hmm. and he had a super cool cast on, right? And everybody was like signing it and all that. And I was like, man, that's fucking cool, <laughs> right? Of course. Oh my god! Right? 
So I wanted to like fake an injury so I could have like a cast because it looked cool on him. People wanted to sign it. Like he was popular for a while. I got know, some he was pity. getting attention. He was getting attention. Right. It he got some good. pity from the teachers and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, I never did, but I really wanted to like mm-hmm. for a second yeah. because, because I think that would have been cool. So I think that's a very, very low level version of what we're talking about. But I guess I there's a, a part of all of us that wants some attention that wants some pity, but it's also to your point, you don't want to be pitied as a human because mm-hmm. that, you know, invokes some feeling of, of less than or weakness, or I'm not capable of, of, of doing shit on my own. Right. And so pity me, mm-hmm. um, which leads but to, I, you know, think victimhood and all that. I think those things are two totally different things. I yeah. think that, and I think that this is a great like branch to this conversation because I think that, the other thing is kind of like you just want some attention. You want, you know, a little yeah, bit. It's, cool. more, yeah, it's yeah, more like performative and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. But what the, that's the thing, the difference between what these with the mom and the daughter were doing is that um, people are pitying them and people are thinking like they're playing these roles of like nobody wants their lives. Right. Right. You don't want to have a sick child that has leukemia and has multiple right. you know, so you'll, you'll pay them off instead of feeling lucky. But no, their, because yeah. they're so like holding hands and they have such a great attitude about it where it's like, okay, you know, and we can feel good about ourselves because, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, they're, they're bearing up so well. And right. like, you know, and it's just a, and, and they, not they, Gypsy was not a part of this. I mean, I feel like, you know, her mother made her do these things yeah, and it course. became a part of her life. Conditioned, conditioned her. Conditioned her to do this. Trained her, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, that the mother, though, she loved that pity. She yes, loved of course. it. Center of attention. Poor thing. You have a sick kid. What can we do for you? Oh, let me help. Here's money. Here's a house. Here's a helicopter evac from Katrina. I mean, that's, they got... They played the fucking game. All the Make-A-Wish Foundation stuff. I'm thinking, how many times has Make-A-Wish been scammed by people like well, this? I just can't even think that people would actually, you know, of course it happens, but, you know, you, you can't. It's still an amazing organization. And for every, of like. Of course it is. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it. it's, this is an anomaly, you know? Um. So you had some two or three remarkable sentences like in a row in this episode where you hear words like Christian dating site and introduced her to BDSM. (laughs) (laughs) Those two things don't really seem to go together for me. That was where the Victor, the vampire came into play. You cannot, you cannot call him that. Wait, wait. I'm not calling him that. I'm not. I'm saying that was an alliterative title. You can't call him Victor. Okay. Listen, that's what I'm saying. Like the idea that they got caught up in this kind of like darkness. Just because he's a vampire doesn't mean he's into BDSM. All right. I will not have you. Okay. And you're the, the name of, of all creatures of the night. I'm sorry. It's not what it listen, means. Listen, 
I'm just saying that I think that it was a bridge for him to get to where he wanted to go, which was to convince her to do this BDSM with him. Sure, no, and but I'm saying are you more or less likely to find a willing BDSM participant on a Christian dating site? I would I say don't. less likely. I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Saying. God, I hope I'm wrong about that. Cause I, that would be I, really interesting. I, I think that that was the thing about this story where it just, it just, when you think it couldn't get any weirder, it gets weirder. And it goes against what you think. I mean, I don't know if you looked up what Gypsy Rose looks like. No, I didn't. I, I, I purposely didn't Google anything because I don't want to know how the story ends until next week. I'm just saying, like, it, it's almost, it feels almost sacrilegious to have described those sex scenes and to say BDSM because it's like the way that her she mom had like her child. dressed. Huh? She looks like a child. She looks like a child. Yes. Mm. But then if wow. you see these photos that she was passing back and forth to Nick, she is not a child. Right. She is not a child. She is, a, you know, somebody who wants to, you know, be a sexual being. And she should have every right to be able to do that, you know? Right. And her mother was keeping her prisoner yeah. in this, this body that was not, you know, I mean, she would make her carry these stuffed animals everywhere. And if you think about it, it's like, yeah, you know, she'd wear these little hats and then she'd have this stuffed animal. And it's like, always hugging the stuffed animal. Yeah. Right. The childlike stuff. Yeah. You know? So um, we'll get to the alphabet stuff in a second, because I've got, I want to point something out that bothers me, but. Are you talking about A, B and C? Yeah. And B was murder. That shouldn't that be the last one? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Anyway, yeah. anyway. You're tracking. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Terrific. Terrific. <laughs> um, okay. Your guest said something uh, that for me made it very, very real. She listed off and, and she was very well spoken about this. You can tell she speaks about it a lot to the point where she kind of speeds through some things that maybe need to land a little bit more when she said that, uh, someone suffering from Munchausen by proxy, they'll exaggerate, fabricate, or induce illnesses or conditions. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've all exaggerated shit. We've all lied about shit, right? <laughs> but inducing, inducing, that means causing to happen mm -hmm. an illness or a condition in your kid. That's what, what I, I, I can't really comprehend that. You know? Well, I think she was speaking from her own perspective. Oh, oh no, of course. Of yeah. course, I get it. Yeah. And I know that that's what it is. But hearing it that mm -hmm. way, the three main things that they do that are that are symptoms of, of, of Munchausen by proxy. Because like in, in The Sixth Sense, that great crazy subplot that the, the woman was poisoning the daughter, fucking poisoning her, mm -hmm. you know, to keep her sick. And I know that's in a movie, but shit happens like that in real life. You know, with the oh, frequency that was of, with, the with the frequency of redheaded people. I know. I thought that was a great analogy or comparison. Yeah, because I know a bunch of redheads. <laughs> I know that was her point. I know that means it's more common than you would think, and it's yeah. on a scale, and it's just yeah. Nobody's gonna think that when they go 
I think no, I shouldn't say nobody, but I think that like I could see why there needs to be an education around this because you know people it does it goes against kind of what our thought process is collectively. I think as the yeah. mother, as this person who is doing the reverse of what her quote unquote job is, which, which is caring for her children, you know, and in, in fact inducing their illness and making them sick, you know, on purpose. Yeah, that's. That's where, I mean, that's where it gets me. I, I mean, know. the whole thing, the whole thing's fucking crazy. And, and the woman, the mom obviously has, I mean, to speak in technical terms, a screw loose. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and I, I really don't mean to minimize it or, or to make fun of it because it's disgusting and it's, it's a serious thing, but, but I just can't really, it's t- It's difficult for me to comprehend that. Um, and then the manipulation. Intellectually, I get it. Emotionally, it's tough to to. Yeah. What now? The 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 higher level manipulation of as she got older, then the daughter's thinking, I not only can I not escape my mother, but then I could possibly be on the hook for. She, she's telling her. her. Mother's threatening her with that. I know. Which, Mother tells which her, I, you're culpable in this, in the financial fraud. You're lying just right beside me, girl. Here we go. Boom. You're, oh and, gosh. And and how do you, I mean, I could see why that would just be terrifying. You of know? Of course. Oh, of course. Of course. And so, so uh, Gypsy and the vampire, they come up with a plan to get Gypsy out of this. It's a three-part plan. Hey. We're going to pretend that we just happened to meet across a crowded room at the movie theater. But the mom sniffed that out. Okay. C, they jump over B. C is we're going to try and get pregnant. Apparently that night on the floor of the movie theater bathroom. Okay. Yeah. And that didn't work. Mm -hmm. So plan B. Well, no, actually, actually C was that it was going, they were going to, I think that plan A with the movie theater was like the mom didn't suss it out. She had no idea. She just was like, Who no, is this guy, this? yeah. Who's this dude? Get out of here. Dude. Right. And, and right. And it was like, you could just see the hope in her chest as she's like imagining yeah. this could be it. This could be it, you know? And, and to see those dreams dashed. But then I think that part of her was like how empowering. And this seems like very strange that I'm even saying it this way, but like, having sex with this guy and knowing that the mom is in the movie theater and like, you're not going to control me. You are not going to, you know, I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to live my life. You know, it's unfortunate that it had to take place, you know, on, you know, in a movie theater bathroom, but it's like, I could see why it would just feel so hopeless, you know? And so the C part about getting pregnant was something where it's like his mom was like, you cannot get anybody pregnant. No way. No how. And he listened to his mom and was adamantly against, you know, her getting pregnant. So, so, so Victor, Victor said no to plan C. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I honestly don't mean to Nicholas. Yes. Nicholas, Mm -hmm. the main person of the multiple person, multiple personalities or the guy in charge, Nicholas, Mm -hmm. uh, go to John. Um, was against impregnating Gypsy Rose. Yes. That was a bridge too far. Too yeah. much. Yeah. Instead, let's kill her. Apparently. That's that not a bridge. Me. That's not a bridge too far. That makes sense. 
that's where it gets tough. Okay. Because, you know, she could have walked out the door. Look, vampire's going to vampire, right? Okay, stop. You, why were you giving me a hard time about it? And look at you. Next. What, Carolyn? What's his nature? What? Brandon. That's his nature. No, that's what I'm saying. If like you're planning a murder, it's good to have someone who kills on your side. It's like they were in an echo chamber of each other, right? Oh, I get it. And so it's like she had no one else to talk and to. Seriously, seriously now. I know I've been being a dick for the last couple of minutes, but seriously, what a vacation that must have felt like for her, right? To talk to someone else who will entertain these flights of fancy and 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 will be that 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 savior for her that she be, that she'd been wanting in her life and all that, gosh, that must have been so great for her. And not only that, but like to accept her, she was actually able to yeah. tell him, "I have leukemia, I have muscular." Because I mean, it took her a while to actually reveal everything. Right. But then she told him, I actually don't have any of this stuff. But I mean, that took a long time, you know, because she's letting him in on a secret. I mean, they, they talked for like, they were, you know, in this love affair for like two years online. Right. And, and I think that to have someone totally accept her for all of her ailments, I mean, a shaved head, all that, all that stuff. and, And just to be like, I think you're beautiful, just exactly the way that you are. And he actually meant it. You know, that's, so, what Edward, that's what Edward said to Bella in the pine forest. I, I'm sure. I, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. sure that's yeah. what she was thinking. This is her prince, her dark <sighs> prince. The dark And prince. do you know how powerful that is? Oh, yeah. I've known a few vampires. You are a vampire. Oh, my God. In a New York, in a New York Yankees hat. Hey, babe. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> wow. Um, no, I mean, I'm just this. I, I really, I mean, give me the uh, the best or worst, like fan, fantasy fiction writers, and they're not going to come up with this. Right? Uh, no, I know yeah. because they wouldn't, because they're like nobody's going to believe. No this. one will believe it. No, no one, one will believe it. it. Yeah, no one will believe it. I know, I know. A girl so whose mom can't... tells her that she has every disease known to man. Okay meets a guy with a self-diagnosed multiple personality disorder and they fall in love and plan a murder. <laughs> right? That's boom, writes itself. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what okay. did you think when you heard her voice? I think we cast about the house. Listen, look, we cast Jennifer Lawrence and Timothy Chalamet and there you go. And it's Oscar winning movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it would need that caliber. Right. When I heard her voice, it, 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 it hurt because mm-hmm. she sounded like she's five. Yeah. Right. Which is, I mm-hmm. guess dreams do come true. I never thought it would happen. And I've got a house and I've got, she sounded like a Disney princess, mm-hmm. a third act, a Disney princess in the third act of a movie where everything works out. Right. With the mother holding, holding yeah. her hand. Yep. You know? The evil stepmother, and it's her real mother. But like, yeah. I mean, it plays out like a like a you know in her mind. I'm sure that it a really dark out. fairy tale, like where, yeah. it's, where it's the antihero and the the vampire comes to save you. It's it's fucking Twilight. It's Twilight. I, I he just needs to fight a werewolf. 
that Victor needs to fight a werewolf to save to save Gypsy Rose. Right. That, that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think her, one of her roles after Twilight, that lead actress actually shaved her head. Kristen Stewart shaved her head. So she's ready. Right. She could play Gypsy Rose. I think she should. What did you think of Twilight? I read the books. I didn't see the movies. I read the books too. Yeah. I'm surprised that you read the, I'm surprised that you read the books. Yeah. I read everything, but it was just like, it gets super repetitive. (laughs) Harry Potter. Of course. Yeah. I've read Harry Potter was amazing. It's amazing. I've read the books a few times, but the the last time I read through them, it's like, you realize it's like a seven or 8,000 word, like a page, sorry, seven or 8,000 page treatise on acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and so, which is, which is, you know, which makes JK Rowling's kind of views on trans stuff a little curious to me, but um, regardless of, of what's going on there, we still have these, these fantastic books and this great story. Um, but um, yeah, uh, you know, Twilight, it was just all about, you know, <laughs> these supernatural beings that just have to tell Bella how awesome she is. Right. Like that guy. I mean, that was just that like kind of over and over and over again. Well, when I when I watched the because I wanted to get a cut. So I had to watch some of it because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is so cheesy. But it's, it, so it's it, I, the movies. Yeah. <laughs> just from like I've seen some mm-hmm. trailers. I mean, I'm some some clips like online and stuff. And damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. But he's so dang cute. He's cute, so, and Taylor Lautner's cute. They're all just beautiful young people with their shirts off, and and angsty. I know. So that's yeah. what makes it work. Yeah, it works. Well, that's what makes it work. That's that's, I know, that's, that's what I'm secret saying, sauce. Saying. Yeah, that's a secret yeah. sauce. Smoldering, yeah. beautiful youth, half naked, and just driven by hormones and boners and whatever. And and that's what happened yeah. with Gypsy Rose. That's exactly what happened with Gypsy Rose. She's living. She's living <laughs> Twilight. In a dirty bathroom, a movie theater. I know that's what I'm saying exactly. And so, like, who can fault her for that? No, I, I I give her all the credit in the world. Go live your life, girl. Go get your get away from the evil stepmom. You know, let everyone know you're not fucking sick, right? And go and go do shit. You know, go live. Yeah. So foreshadowing, you know, that's not what happened. Oh fuck. Well. All right. Well, I don't want to ruin it. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Um, uh, in the meantime, uh, great episode and disturbing episode. Um, and uh, sometimes with stories like this, you don't have to gild the lily at all, right? Like you just Absolutely. state the facts and people are going to go like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, and, and I'm telling you, not everybody... You know, not that I'm some great critic or arbiter of what's good or what's bad, but a lot of times someone uh, in lesser hands, people mm-hmm. will try to gild the lily and make something and, and make it more than it is instead of just presenting it simply uh, and letting the facts speak for themselves. So well done. I, I think that there's a compliment in there somewhere. There is. Oh, it's all complimentary. It's all complimentary. I thought right, it was very right, well handled. Right. Very, very well handled. So thank you. Um, and thank you, uh, criminal mischief nation for checking in with us again this week we uh can't say thank you enough so thank you um 
please also consider supporting the great companies that support our show. And if you feel so inclined, hopping over to Apple Podcasts and rating and reviewing and sharing the show would help more than you know. Um, so until next week, uh, we hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of Criminal Mischief, Mother Knows Best. Carolyn, anything you'd like to add? Uh, nope. I'm Carolyn Osorio with Brandon Morgan, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. And please, again, shameless plug for my other show, The Devil Within, drops December 6th. You can check out the trailer wherever you get your podcasts, and the first two seasons are available to binge. Enjoy. Bye. You absolutely should. You absolutely should binge. And uh, even though I'm, uh, you know, mad at Brandon half the time, he really, he really is great. So check it out. Stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.